Hello and welcome to another edition of the Romantic Truth Podcast. Please be advised that the content of this show is for mature audiences 18 and over due to the topics discussed. Please feel free to follow and like Romantic Truth on Facebook at facebook.com slash romantic truth. You may also listen to the podcast on anchor.fm slash romantic truth. Now, here is your host Jorzen. Hi everyone, Johnson with you here, Romantic Truth Las Vegas. We're going to talk about relationship lifestyles today, and there are plenty of them. And um, a lot of times we don't know exactly what we're involved with until after we're involved with the person. Now, one thing that I will tell you, anything that a person tells you, for instance, you go on your first date, person says they're into something like Jainism, or they're into something like maybe... Heck, for that matter, swingers or something like that. What you want to do is this. Rule of thumb. Get the definition from them of what it is. Then go Google it and look it up. To make sure that it's on the right trajectory. A lot of times people will say they're into something. And they really don't know what the hell it is. They'll say that because they want to belong to something. Now this is important. And what's predicated on your lifestyle when you're a couple is how you start out. Is it going to be a long-term relationship, short-term relationship, casual dating? Is it going to be just a sexual relationship, friends with benefits? Is it going to be a hookup? What is it going to be? Now, some of you have written in, criticized, and talked about, oh, you're thinking about this entirely too much. And yet, these are the people who write back later who have made a choice based on their emotions and feelings only. And they're saying, well, why is he doing this? Or why is she doing that? We would love to have a utopian ideal of dating. You have a lot of these dating coaches that are trying to tell you all these things that are going to make it so wonderful. But they don't talk about the work that much. And that's the majority of your relationship. All of the bliss and the sunlight and the daisies and the fields of flowers that you run through to each other. Those are precious moments. But a good portion of that relationship is going to be spent working together, compromising, making decisions together, disagreeing, respectfully, and agreeing on many things. But we go in sometimes with a bias. But we want everything to be what we'd like it to be, not what it is. And we try to make it. We're going to force it to be that, that we would like. That's where you get in trouble. That's where you overcompromise. And in some cases, why not take it up more responsibility in a relationship than you should? Security team just had a barking alert. But this is what happens. And therefore... One of the partners feels slighted because of the fact that, hey, I didn't get my fair share out of this relationship. I didn't get my voice heard. You're not listening to me. I feel emotionally abandoned. I'm having to carry the weight of the relationship to keep it going. All these are considerations that people have when they feel as though they're left out. So what we're going to talk about, the lifestyles. One thing that I'd recommend, if you have a lifestyle that may not be so appropriate for, we'll say, 
uh, mainstream consumption, you may want to early on decipher whether or not that person is going to be the right person to maybe fit that lifestyle description. Some of you try to fake it till you make it. Just like you do with catfishing, you do the same thing with the X factor. That thing that you may need to tell your partner, but you're going to wait until you think it's appropriate or until you feel as though I've been in a relationship long enough now I can tell the truth about myself. You don't know how they're going to react. Just because you have that equity of four or five years in a relationship and you lay something on them, uh, you may think that it's marginal or they'll get over because it's a, you know, time has passed. You don't know. You don't know how it's going to impact them. I've always stuck by the rule of being honest and upfront. Tell them the truth. Let them make the decision. That's the best and safest way. Now, what are things that people conceal? Sometimes their gender. Believe it or not, there's some trans women walking around, messing around with these men, haven't told them that they're transgender yet, but yet this guy's spending money on them, taking them out and doing all kinds of things with them. And then they have the excuses of why they can't have sex, but they'll have oral sex, anal sex or whatever, but they won't have vaginal sex because they can't because they don't have a vagina. And so some of them drag it on. Now, kudos to those who tell the truth up front so the guy knows what he's getting into. You're doing the right thing. You're playing it safe. And you're being honest. See, the first thing that people don't like is the deception. Other lifestyles. Swingers. There's a lady by the name of Jacqueline. She wrote me twice. She wrote me back in 2020 about the situation because her husband had told her that he had a desire to join a singles club. Well, she was reluctant because both of them were conservative Christians and they grew up in the Bible Belt. So this was something that she looked at as an absurdity. But she weighed the odds when she wrote me. She was like, she was looking at her morality versus her commitment to her husband. But what happened she decided to err on the side of, I'll go with my husband. And I'll just flex my standards, my morals, my values. So she did. And they engaged in this lifestyle. Of course, she was paranoid at first because these people were, you know, walking up to her, strangers, talking to her at this uh, private home. And she was kind of guarded, like she should have been. She didn't know these people. There were people walking around. Some of them were taking off their clothes, going into other rooms. Others were having sex right there in the living room. And she was just observing. Well, she was befriended by this one lady who came in with her husband. And she noticed, Jacqueline, the lady who wrote me, that her husband had vanished into one of the bedrooms. Well, she was nervous, sitting there drinking a drink, eating up d'oeuvres. And the woman that she was speaking to was kind of, you know, kind of telling her, hey, let your hair down a little bit, you know, loosen up. And she wasn't quite ready for that. So nervously, she goes through the house looking for her husband. Well, she finds him in a very compromising position. A transgender woman is laying in the bed with her gap, legs gapped open. His mouth is under her appendage. And there's another man behind him. 
taking care of the business. She sees this, she runs out, waits in the car for him. They have an argument on the way home. She's adamant about not ever, ever dealing with something like that again. Now that was back in 2020. Gotta remember, COVID was walking around on two legs during that time. Well, she wrote me back a couple of days ago about what has happened. She and her husband have divorced. It's finalized. She's now in the lifestyle and she's only into women. And she's joined this female swingers group and they meet every Wednesday. He's now decided to go on and try to change his gender. So he's working on that process. Now, what happens sometimes, a person's Pandora's box is opened up. If they feel as though the other person can open up, I can open up. It's kind of like, for instance, with my podcast as an example. When I first started this podcast, no one I knew would listen to the show. No one I knew personally would actually listen to the show. The listenership base that I actually got came from people that didn't know me, people in other countries. And then after they saw that it wasn't going to be a flop, then all of a sudden those friends started to come in wanting to be guests and that kind of thing. Mm -mm. We weren't going to do it that way. But this is the way people are. And folks, excuse me. I'm mushing down on an Angus hamburger that I got from Costco. It's great. I have them in the boxes, microwave them, two minutes, well, three minutes, give them three. Perfect. Please forgive me for eating, but I got to. Anyway, here's the thing. Damn, that was good. Here's the thing. You will find people that are followers. They're only going to do something because somebody else did it and they think it's safe. The analogy I'll give you, the wildebeest when they migrate. They have to go across the Nile. Well, that first wildebeest that goes across more than likely makes it. And once it does that, then the rest of them come across. Then the crocodiles are like, oh, wildebeest, let's go over here and get the weakest one. But it all starts with one wildebeest that's willing to get to the other side. Now, the downside to this is that a lot of times some people may already have the predisposition to do something, but they need a motivation. In her case, it was only obvious that she had a curiosity be with other women but apparently seeing her husband in that position it actually turned her stomach and the reason why the image he had built up for her has now been ruined and it can never be restored but what it did do inadvertently gave her the confidence to pursue some desires that she had 
and apparently she's comfortable with her choices. Now, will you ever know everything about your partner? No. It's a good thing. Could be. Because it could be so damn bad that you didn't want to know. But, one thing to keep in mind. Don't crucify them for being honest with you. Save that for the people that lie to you and deceive you. Because at least the person is honest. That's the reason why I don't make judgments on people. They tell me they're into this or that and I'm not into it. All right. Don't judge me. You think less of me. Don't know. Mm-mm. That's you. And some people can't do that. That's one of the reasons why I never subscribe to religion. Because you have this bias and this judgmental approach. And if you're not careful, you become too pompous where you think you're God or in union with God in the sense that you could go and point the finger at others when there's a lot of shit wrong with you. I had a woman one night at first, she wanted to go down on me. And the next minute, she's trying to quote scripture. And the reason why I didn't tell her, but the reason why I didn't let her go down, I looked at her teeth, looked like a New York City skyline inverted. Ain't no way in the hell I was going to put my dick in that potato peeler. Wasn't going to happen. Mm-mm. Hell, I know what Lorena Bobby did. Wasn't going to happen to me. But that was funny, though, in the description when they said that she drove around grabbing the steering wheel with his dick in her hand and threw it in the grass. That's a hell of a thing. But, in all seriousness, folks, in all seriousness, when it comes down to relationships, your lifestyle is very important, the one that you choose. But please make sure that they have an idea of what you're getting into. Because I'm telling you, that's going to be important. It could be they could be in criminal activity. I knew a lady one time. We we saw her hang out at the club in Los Angeles, and there was this one lady came in one night, and we'd always tease her because she was always fine, but she'd never give anybody her phone number. She just liked the attention of men, but we still got along. And she told me about this date she went on. And so old boy went to this house and he told her to wait in the car and they were on their way to a date. He comes back running and she said he got diamonds, he got a necklace, he got watches. This fool, while he's on a date, committed a crime. One of the neighbors wrote down the license plate number of the car. He pulls up at the club. He's in the club. Police looking for him. They lock him up. Now she's got to find her way home. They to call one of the girlfriends come pick her up. You never know what you're getting into. That's the reason why I tell you ladies to drive on your first date. Don't let him take you nowhere. You don't know him that well. Fellas, same thing. 
And fellas, you have to be mindful. If she's going to invite you over to her place on the first date, that's a red flag. I don't give a damn if she says she's single. She could be single and screwing the guy, the next door neighbor. She could be screwing the guy down the street. And they could be ready to roll you. Give it some time. That first date, you want to meet her somewhere well lit. That doesn't cost too much. Well, you can talk and you can kind of make an assessment. And not only that, you can catch some of the things she's talking about. Same thing for you ladies with the guys. One lot of guys always get caught in. They'll say they live by themselves and they have roommates. And then they bring the lady over and she knows damn well by just snooping around. She don't even have to go and look in your stuff. She just look around and see, huh, you don't live by yourself. And word to the wise ladies, when a guy's lying to you on that blatantly, he's, a, he's only looking to have sex with you. He's not looking for a relationship. The flimsier the lie he tells you, the more he's going for your vagina. That's the way it goes. Because he's not going to put forth any effort. The woman he's going to put forth effort into, it's going to be the woman that he really has to convince and he really wants to see again and again and again. So it has to be a lot more consistent. Now, with these um, relationships, I tell you what, let's take a break. After this, we'll talk more. Now, when it comes down to it, Lifestyle is a choice. It's not something that's imposed on you unless you allow it. But you choose it. You set the parameters, you set the values, you set the morals, you set the standards for it. Now, what are some of these standards, morals, and values that you set? You know some of the things you say that you absolutely wouldn't do? You may want to solidify that going into a relationship. Let your partner know where the limits are, the boundaries are. Seriously, I don't mean you have to do it in a forceful way, but do it in a way that's where they will respect you. And then they can go forward. Now, for instance, let's say you're in a conversation with the guy, ladies. And he says, damn, you sexy. You know, I bet you good in bed, that kind of thing. Now, that'll make you uncomfortable. Some women. Some women will come back and say, well, you'll find, you won't find out, et cetera, et cetera. You don't need to get smart with them like that. You know, don't think you need to tell them? Why is the conversation going there yet? I don't know you well enough. If he's smart, he's going to back off. You're giving them a warning. You're shooting across the bow the first time. Well, why y'all stuck up? I'm just talking about your pussy. Comes back with something like that. Hey, you know what? You don't know how to respect people. I'm out. That's all you have to do. 
you take his power away by taking his opportunity away. Because he's accustomed to being with someone that he could do that with. And they would, unfortunately, try to get a back and forth with See, that's how they trip you up. When you get into the back and forth with them, they want to build that tension up. And then they're going to go in and try to lay it on. Lay on the sweet, oh, girl, you know I was just kidding. You know I was just playing. That's what they're doing. It's the reason why a lot of you women wind up fucking these guys, get pregnant by them, and they leave you. And you're sitting there like, shit, how did that happen? Now, another thing. Depending on your stage in life, let me tell you something. It's always best, ladies, believe it or not, to go for the good guy. I know you want to go for the bad guy. I know you want to go for the alpha. I know you want to go for... Here's the thing you got to realize. Ask yourself this question. If I were to get pregnant, would this guy be responsible enough to stand by me through that pregnancy and through a marriage or through a relationship. I guarantee you, a good percentage of you got doubt. He's still telling you about all the women he got, telling you about all the opportunities he has. You're not gonna slow him down by having a baby. You're not gonna slow him down with, it, with your love. He's still trying to go and get more pussy. You're just in the collection. You're not the main event. And that's what some of you have to realize. But a lot of you younger women do this. You'll say, the good guy's boring, and you go for the guy that all, has all the dashing color. And then when he leaves your ass hanging, now you want a good guy. As I told you time and time again, alpha males get a lot of pussy. But guess what they don't want to do? Get a kid or a commitment. And unfortunately, a lot of you wind up as single moms by those alphas. Yep. And he's not coming out of that funk that he's in. He likes the way it is. He likes the notoriety. He likes the fact that all of these people are patting him on the back. He gonna get it up for his... You think he gonna give up his fans for you? Shit, no. But that would be a lifestyle you chose if you chose to be with him. Now, another thing you have to come to grips with when you're dealing with these types of relationships where the lifestyle is kind of up in the air because you may have a certain way of thinking, he may have a certain way of thinking and you guys haven't talked about it. You know the sex, politics, and religion that nobody wants to talk about? That's part of your lifestyle. Because those are going to dictate how much you could tolerate that person. So what if it's the conversation always centered around sex. You're tired of sex. You're ready now to go on and get something of substance. And he's still talking about, you know, blowing your back out. Whatever you start with, you end with. 
And I know these topics are controversial, politics, religion, sex, and all that. But here's the thing. If you realize you guys are not going to get along with those three, why in the hell are you together? And don't fall for that bullshit about opposites attract. They don't always do. Lust attracts when it comes to opposites a lot. But beyond the physical attraction, you also got to look at the emotional attraction, the cerebral attack, attraction. So it's deeper than that. But we just scratch the surface on shit and wind up in these bullshit relationships that last no time. And before you know it, you got a treasure trove of them. Because you didn't do your work. You just have as much right to be happy as anyone else. But some of you don't even know it. So you just settle with the same old, same old. Oh, this is all I deserve. Well, that's all you're going to get if that's all you ask for. You know, when it comes down to these lifestyles, and they're various lifestyles, if you guys are in a congruent lifestyle, take for instance, you're both swing and you're dating. Well, if that's the case, you're going to have a better shot at a relationship working going forward than you would with someone who may be a swinger and the other one's not. The other one's kind of curious. And the biggest fear for most people that introduce a lifestyle to someone else who doesn't know about the lifestyle and not into it is that they may want them to participate, but then again, they may become too enthusiastic and before you know it, they're doing this, that, and a third in it. And you sitting there saying, well, wait a minute, I created a Frankenstein. This motherfucker, she just went on and don't even give a damn about my ass anymore. And that's the risk you take. So you're actually exposing your relationship to a vulnerability. Whereas if you were with someone who was already into that lifestyle, it wouldn't be so much of a challenge because they've probably seen every spooky thing that could possibly be seen in it. So, there is more of a calm. Take for instance, you guys were, we'll say, scuba enthusiasts. You probably have a lot of places you could talk about that you've gone scuba diving before and you have a knowledge and you guys can compliment each other in the, in the conversation educate each other because you have a topic that you can take with you. Something that's a bond. Now, that's one segment of your relationship. The mutual interest. Sexual interest is another that many people neglect. And they find out what the partner's into when they had that first sexual encounter. You don't know how many fellas used to crack me up. They said, man, I ain't never going out with her. Why not? Man, we went and we had sex last night. It was only missionary. And I was like, well, he's like, she wouldn't get no head or nothing. I'm like, well, what do you get? What do you get? And of course, the woman's mad at him because, 
Well, you know, he just used me for sex. Well, that's as far as he can go with you. So apparently you guys never discussed it. So that's where you wind up. It's the reason why you want to have those heart-to-heart conversations about things. So you know straight up. It shocked me when Monica was the one that initiated in our relationship. She told me straight up, she says, well, you like to eat pussy. I'm like, huh? <laughs> she said, do you mind having your dick sucked? Huh? And I'm sitting there like, damn, she pulled. But I had to respect her for one thing. She wanted to know these things. Because by putting it out there, expectations were set. In relationships, that's the biggest thing you got to remember. Having your partner meet those expectations and you meeting your own that you established for your partner. The worst thing in the world to do is be in a relationship and that person doesn't measure up to those expectations, isn't it? Like that time I got catfished by that woman, told me that she was this and that. And I saw this damn Sherman tank walk through the damn... (laughs) I shouldn't say that, but she did kind of look like the profile of a Sherman tank coming head on. But anyway, she walked in there. This woman was every bit of five foot ouch. And she claimed she was five seven. And I had to ask her. Are you so-and-so? Yeah, hey, how you doing? I'm like, yeah, oh, you're taller than I expected. I said, yeah, you're shorter than I expected. And I said, well, that pulled out my phone on the profile. I said, whose picture is this? Oh, that's my niece. I've heard that so many times. Well, if I had put my picture up there, you probably wouldn't have gone out with me. You damn straight I wouldn't have gone out with your ass. I'd have called the Detroit Lions and say, hey, I got a running back for your ass. Hell yeah, I'd have had your ass in preseason training camp. I'd been your agent. That's right. Shit, by now, she could have been in the Super Bowl, had like four or five rings on. Oh, yeah, Barry Sanders and them wouldn't have had shit on her. Put her in the backfield with Najee Harris or with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They need all the help they can get right now. Hell. But no, in all seriousness, this lady actually started crying. And this is not the first time this has happened to me. One time, Lady walked in, I saw it wasn't who it was supposed to be. I walked out and didn't say nothing to her. If you're going to try to deceive me on the initial stages on how you look, what the hell else is there for me to even expect of you? Just makes sense. I remember that night when <laughs> Gina went on a date with a guy. I'm going to tell it, Gina, too. Gina went on a date with a guy. 
And I don't know if you guys remember that stuff they used to advertise on TV on the infomercial, where if the guy was bald and he could spray that black shit in his hair and to cover the meat up and it looked like his hair looked like he had a full full head of hair. She said, his head looked funny. She said, so what I did, I just went and took a couple of pictures of his head. And she was like, what's wrong with his head? And I'm like, he spray painted that shit on his head. That's what's wrong with it. But she had never seen that before. It happens. I told her the only thing he had to do is have a little Windex on a towel and wipe his head. You'd have seen the white meat. The hardest thing is to find out whether or not the person is legit that you're going for. The second hardest thing is to find out their true intentions when it comes down to the relationship. Third thing that's hard to do is going to see whether or not this person's exposed you to the lifestyle that they're accustomed to. Because in any case, they can modify along the way. And you won't have a clue. And it's hard to really deal with. Because the problem is, initially people lie just to get into a relationship. I had a friend of mine who used to always lie to women, tell him that he lived by himself. He had three male roommates. And he'd only bring the woman over to his place when the other two were gone somewhere or spend the night at some other girlfriend's house. And he'd try to hide all their shit like it was his. And he had one friend that had a nice car. It was a Camaro Z28 with the T-top, the red one, the I-Rock edition. And he'd had us sitting out there in the front. And the women would want to make excuses to go to the store so they could be seen it and ride it and take pictures in it. He didn't have the keys. And they'll say, oh, now, you know, I can't put no miles on my car. It's because it wasn't his. But that's the game he played. Now, I'll give him credit what credit's due. He did get a lot of pussy doing that. But I couldn't have done it. And he tell me all the time, man, these women, they're one-hit wonders. He said that just like any of these artists you hear, you hear one song, you never hear from them again. That's where I look at women. He ain't saying that shit now, though. He's in a resting a nursing home. But back in the day, oh, he was the shit. But I kept telling him, you're going to run into a problem because you're going to treat everybody like crap along the way. And you're not going to have any friends. And he realizes that now. We're going to talk more in a moment. Now, when it comes down to the relationship, a lot of people will kind of skim, forget, not mention, omit certain things. In other words, the X Factor once again. 
the things that they know about themselves that they're not ready to tell you or won't tell you. That's what weighs in the balance. So, a one lady I dated, she claimed she had no children. I believed her. We went on our first date. We were talking, then we went on our first date. Went to El Coyote restaurant over there on Melrose in Los Angeles. Everything was fine. All of a sudden, her phone went off. She said, okay, excuse me for a minute. Walked away from the table. All right. Now, mind you, this woman told me she had no children. And she says, I'm sorry, but we have to end the date. I, I hate to say it, but, you know, could you give me a ride back? I was like, oh, no problem. So we're heading back to her place. I'm thinking, you know, maybe I did something wrong, but she was saying that she had something important to do. We pull up in front of her apartment. There's this elderly couple there with two kids around. The little girl was like, at least I'd estimate six, and the little boy was about maybe five. And oh man, I'm assuming that was her father. He jumped in her ass when he, she got out of that car. And I had to hang around for a minute. I lowered the window so I could hear it good. And he jumped in our ass. We tired of taking, you've been having these kids over here for God knows how long. We are tired, we have a life, we are seniors. Those were her kids. Well, the way I look at it, at least she got a free meal, well, a half a meal out of it, because hell, she didn't even want to take the doggy bag. So I took the doggy bag for myself. But I learned. Trying to make herself more marketable by lying about not having children. You run across that. But again, what they think is appropriate is when they will tell you the truth. And that's one of the hardest things in relationships. And this is one of the things that a lot of people don't like dealing in relationships because of that. Because it's so much work in order to get to that point. A lot of folks don't like doing the work. They like the fun of it all. Meeting people, having fun, fucking if you want to, and keep moving. And you will find more prancers out there on the dating scene than anything else the looky-loos the undecided the people that want to sample a little everything the exploratory daters that want to see what it's like to date somebody of a different race somebody of a different ethnicity somebody of the same gender you name it you have all of that you got to weed through all that shit by saying hey no thanks but no thanks I'm, I'm not interested And sometimes we think that, well, you know, people are the way I am. You start thinking that about yourself. And then you go out there and you meet absurdities. People that you're like, what the fuck? But some of you ladies commented on this. There was one of you that commented about how you went on a date with a guy. Guy claimed he forgot his wallet. And the lady went and paid for the check 
After the check was paid, he tells her, let's go to the bar and have a drink. And he goes into his wallet and he's got hundreds of dollars. This is something that comes up from time to time where you are facing someone that you never would thought would be this way. Again, not to promote fear, but to make you aware. There are people out there like that. That's the reason why I read your emails and I put them on the show so that people will know some of the things to look out for. Hell, I'm getting educated on some of this stuff as I go along and read some of your emails. That's some shit that you guys are exposed to I never even thought of or heard of before. Switch outs. Something I never heard of before. Where the switch out is, I found out from this one lady. A girl who's already in a relationship who has a single girlfriend or a relative will go online and start up a relationship with this guy. And then when it comes down to actually meeting him, the girlfriend or the relative or whomever meets him. And the way they don't deceive him is that they set up the profile and everything for the person they want to be introduced to but it's actually someone else who has more, how could I best say it? More ambition, more knowledge on how to attract a man that would actually get him hooked. So in this way, they're not really catfishing as they see it. But now she's got her a man. But People have their own way of doing things, but it also depends on your exposure, your environment, and your value system and your standards. And it corrects me up. Many people write in and they say, oh, well, you know, I'm above all those things. Those things are for the uh, stupid people. Those are the very people that write back with their problems. very people that write back with issues. Now, you have choices. And it's up to you. It's how you utilize those choices. If a person is criminally inclined or you run into this person that's always talking about doing something like they're they're the smartest person in the world, as far as being clever and trying to beat the system all the time. If you're into that lifestyle, you guys belong together then. But if you're not, don't try to make that shit work. And don't, ladies, don't be fooled by the entertainment value associated with, oh, he funny, I like him. You fuck around and get in the wrong environment with him, you may have a problem. He takes you to the movies and you're liking it and everything's going well, who knows? He may have a gun in his car. He may have a felony warrant. You don't know. You already are not comfortable with the lifestyle he's living, but you want the adventure and that that challenge of being with the bad guy. 
understand consequences are to be made. Hate to say it, should be had, but made, fuck it, good enough. Here's the other thing you gotta consider too. If you go on TikTok, you'll see a treasure trove of videos of these women just getting out of prison out of love for their man. And these are young girls in their 30s, 20s. For love. I don't see any 40 or 50 years old, old women on there talking about, when I was in prison, that, no. These are all young women. Drug charges. Felony evading. Stealing something for their boyfriend. That kind of shit. You want to avoid all of that. See, as a person gets older, they become more embarrassed about their indiscretions. They become more embarrassed about some of the things that they've done. Hell, half of these women are embarrassed by the way they look. Go on some of these social media accounts. What do they have up there? An avatar. You don't want to show their faces. And God help you if they start talking about the body. Who knew? Because women are their own worst critics when it comes down to physical appearance. A woman would tear another woman down and tear herself down worse than a man ever could tear a woman down. And many women don't realize, ladies, they will fuck your stretch marks, your cellulite, your sagging titties, your sagging ass. They'll take it all. They don't care. Wrinkles, all that did fuck it all. They don't care. If they're into you, they will do that. Men will do that without a doubt. A lot of you are sitting on the sideline because you have so much self-doubt that you're afraid to go out there and even try to be happy with someone. And thinking that that's all you deserve is to be there with your cat. Let's just tell the truth. Another lifestyle that I hear a lot of complaints about from women who are in their 50s and up. I don't want a man sitting around watching black and white cowboy movies on the Western Channel, on Roku or whatever. Why is that? A lot of times it's because it reminds them that they're old too. Yeah, people that fear aging. And that becomes a lifestyle of its own as well. Oh, you working your ass out in the gym all the time, taking all those vitamin supplements. You're doing all the hiking in the world, all the kayaking, all of the stuff. Cause you wanna be 20 again in so many ways. You know what, if you fucking get hurt and break your hip or something like that, it's going to take a long time to heal and you'll be sidelined. Whereas if you were younger and did it, it would heal a lot faster. That's just the way it is. And so you're on this perpetual race in order to stay young. 
in order to stay relevant. I tell you, one of the worst things in the world I hate, I hate to hear. An older person still using slang from an, another era like the 60s, 70s, and 80s and trying to make it like they're really cool. I'm like, really? Dig it? Can you dig it? Motherfucker, nobody used that since the 70s. But you have some people that are stuck in that era, in that mindset. They don't change. They don't grow. I don't get it. But that's the way some people are. Not a criticism, just an observation. Because I will tell you this. If a woman in her 50s or 60s come up to me calling me homie, and I'm looking at her like she lost her damn mind. I can see it in a joke. But that's the way you're going to communicate? Shit. Growing up and growing out. It depends on your lifestyle, folks, on what you're going to accept. And what you're going to accept is what you're going to be identified by. So you got that ain't shit dude in your life? So you're going to be identified and you're not going to be able to separate yourself from it. Same thing with you fellas. Let me read you something that Bert wrote. And he's out of Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina. I've been thinking about it, man. I've been listening to your show a lot. I'm 23 years old. I'll be graduating out of UNC pretty soon. And one thing I will tell you this. I have decided that what I'm going to do is the woman that I'm going to marry is going to be a straight-up whore. Seriously. The reason why I want her to be a whore, I want her to go and fuck everybody she wanted to fuck before she marries me. And that way, she got it out of her system. I know this is what I'm doing. Fair is fair, right? Well, I got to agree with the young man. In a way. In a way, I have to agree with him. In a way, I have to agree with him. What he wants to do is he wants to erase the possibility of doubt of the woman being loose or trying to cheat on him to get it all out of her system. That's one way of looking at it. But you have some women that want to be very conservative with it. They don't want their body all over the place. So they may only want to be with one or two, maybe three guys. That's rare though, but they do. That's the reason why 
it's offensive to talk to a lady and ask her about how many women, she, how many men she slept with. But she'll turn around and ask her, how many women you slept with? When a woman asks me that question, how many in which decade, which year, how many in life? If you're asking that, uh, I'd have to say, ma'am, you know how you have a mass shooter? I'm a mass fucker. <laughs> but here's, but no, seriously, here's the thing. I'd be honest with you. I don't know how many. I know it was a hell of a lot. But the thing is, I'm at peace with myself with it. And, you know, what's going to happen? All the other women go, oh, he's a whore. He's, well, you know what? Label me as you will, but I don't know about you, do I? Oops. And I get criticism on the show. Oh, you're talking too much about yourself. You're telling, look, the majority of people on Facebook I've met personally and know. A lot of them I used to work with, been friends with throughout the years. There have also been people that I've known that listen to this show. And at any point, they can come on this show and tell me about myself. Provided they tell me tell everybody about themselves. Aha. Uh-huh. So, what you run across is this. When you're honest with yourself, you don't have to fake it for anybody else. Because here's the thing. Would you feel better if a person lied to you about something and then you found out the truth later? Oh, well, it doesn't matter. That's old news. Oh, yes, the fuck it does. Because if somebody can deceive you early in the relationship, what makes you think that they can't deceive you later on with bigger shit than what they deceived you with in the beginning? And you have to think about this. And again, this goes back to a component of your lifestyle. Because you'll be permissive based on the lifestyle that that person's living and you chose to join in. So you can't separate yourself from it once you're in it. More in a moment. All right, Loretta writes the following. I've listened to your podcast and I have my own opinion on it. And you need Jesus. I really think you really do, sir. I'm 43 years old. I've never been married. I have a lot of positions in my church and I can tell you right now you are a man that needs Jesus. You're going to find you a good woman one day and she's going to bring you to the Lord. But for right now you're headed to hell. Just wanted to let you know that. Loretta, Savannah, Georgia. Loretta, I appreciate your concern my dear and thank you for listening to the show. 
I'm just going to be honest with you, Loretta. 43 and a virgin. I take it. Bullshit. Look, at best, now you could be a woman of the cloth. Don't get me don't get me wrong, you could very well be. But at 43, my dear, and you hadn't had no dick, supposedly, I wouldn't really have you to concern yourself about my soul and my salvation and all that. Because yours hadn't been saved yet, my dear. You still get on your knees and pray, just like other people do. You still go to church because you're scared just like other people are. Something can happen to you, to me, and to anyone else. We're all vulnerable. A fucking chicken can fly out the sky and hit both of us in the head and kill us. We have no control over that, do we? So, I appreciate your listenership. I appreciate your concern. And I appreciate you trying to persuade me in your direction of thinking. But it's not going to work. If I go to hell, well, hopefully they have enough room for me. I don't worry about that. That's irrelevant. Fear never works with me on that. Now, what I tell you, what can work, though, is this. You can send me a nude photo if you'd like, but make sure you shave. I shouldn't say that. But I did, so what the hell. All right, let's go on. Mammy, M-A-M-I, writes the following out of Orangeburg, South Carolina. You have some good points on your show. I really like what you do. However, there's a couple of things that I'm having issues with in my own personal situation. You see, this guy has been buying me everything for the last three weeks. We met on Match.com. He's really nice, but I'm thinking he's a little bit too nice. He asked for me to get all my bills together and he was going to pay them. I never had a man to ask for that. I can pay my own bills, I told him. He insisted. I'm really scared to do this. What are your thoughts? Mammy, I wouldn't do it. I know it sounds too good to be true, but I wouldn't do it. Here's the thing. He doesn't know you well enough to do that, first of all. Secondly, he would probably have access to maybe your accounts. Too much of a risk. Uh-uh. Why don't you do this? Hey, instead of you paying my bills, why don't you cash out me the money and let me do it? He's not going to go for that. Because he wants some equity. You're doing the right thing by not doing it. But it's up to you. If I were in your shoes, I could give you any advice because it's your life. But if I were in your shoes, what I would do is say no. There's a lot of women probably listening that would say, hell yeah, I'd go on. No. You know there's a gender behind that. And it's more than sex, trust me. Sex is a given. 
He's going for something else. Control. <clears throat> That's the reason why I wouldn't deal with that. Save yourself the heartache, headache, and pain. All right, let's go on here. Bruce writes the following out of Little Rock, Arkansas. My girl told me I don't make enough money, and so therefore she's going to leave me. I'm up to $12.95 an hour. That's pretty damn good here where I live. I'm a security guard, and yet she's saying I'm not making enough. When I first met her, I started out at $9.25 an hour. I live in a single wide trailer. She tells me that she wants to have a home. Mind you, she's not working. She has two children and everybody lives with me, including her brother. So it's kind of cramped where I live. And now she tells me that she wants to move out and find someone that makes more money. I've done a lot for her, fed her kids, did all I could for her. But I'm at a point now where I'm really thinking about letting her go. I'll admit the sex is good, but besides that, I'm starting to see now there's really nothing between us anymore. The kids only like me when she prompts them to come over and give me a hug after I bought them something. Outside of that, nothing. I really feel like I'm in a thankless relationship. Your words would really help. My words don't mean a damn thing because you're doing the right thing by what you're thinking about. Letting her go. You've already thought, look, you just wanted validation for something that you've already determined. She's already left you. And now you're realizing you were footing all the bills, so naturally she was going to stay. And her brother's there too. Along with the kids. Man, you rolled out the damn red carpet. You rolled out the red carpet. I still wouldn't trust that brother thing. Because one common thing that women like to do, especially in the South, they will say that somebody's their brother or their cousin, and that's the guy they're fucking. Not, who's not even related to them. Might want to watch that. Not putting any poison in your ear, but what I will say is this. If I were in your situation, that house would be empty. Just my ass in there. Starting out fresh. She's going to leave you anyway. Just wait for her to leave. She'll be gone. All right, let's see what else is here. Chuck writes the following out of Honors, Louisiana. I'm looking for a decent woman. I'm not going to Houston for her. I'm not damn sure not going to Atlanta. Not going to Memphis. I'm tired of these Southern women, seriously. I want to think about coming out to Los Angeles or Las Vegas in order to find a woman. What are your thoughts about that? Are the women any better there than they are here? Because so far I haven't found anything 
God help you if you go and try to find a woman in New Orleans. Not worth it. Only thing I can tell you, Chuck, is this. It also depends on you. I know you're pointing the finger at the women, but it also depends on you and how they see you. L.A. women, it varies. There are some L.A. women, and if you're going to date a woman from Los Angeles or California in general, get someone who was born there. Don't get a transplant. Get someone who's born there. Because it's a different type of relationship. I found it to be a little bit more laid back. Now, it's the total opposite in Vegas. I would say in Vegas, get a woman who is not from here, originally. But in Los Angeles, I would say get one that's from California. Only reason being, a lot of the people who come, the transplants that come to California, they're usually looking to move. They want to leave California. They want to leave LA. They want to leave and go somewhere else. They want to go back home. See, that was the problem I faced when I was out there was that a lot of the women that I would meet would be in transition of going somewhere else. They didn't want to stay in LA. They didn't like LA. Well, LA is really a place that's full of connections. That's how you make it. You know, in the South, you could have connections. But usually, you know, you got to know so-and-so and so-and-so and you got to know all these other people, your family and all that stuff. In L.A., it's like if someone connects you with someone else, that's your connection based on that person's connection to you. You don't share that with anybody else, usually without their permission. Because you're climbing up that social ladder, so to speak, if you want to go that route of it. But there are different types of lifestyles in L.A. you can adapt. But I found that when it comes to the women, the women that are born there, I don't know, they just seem to be a better caliber and quality of woman than those transplants, just from my experience only. Best of luck to you, child. Oof. Selma writes the following and she is out of what town is this in Michigan because I'm not even going to try to pronounce it because Native American people listening to this show will get pissed it starts with an M and it's on the peninsula but she writes the following I'm really thinking about probably starting my life over again 59 years old Kids have gone off to college, divorced husband already, got a cabin all to myself, and I just don't know exactly what to do with myself. This is the first time I've actually been able to think on my own and do what I want to do. No kids, no pets, no husband. I love it, but damn it, now I'm lonely. But I don't want someone in my life 24-7. I want somebody that's going to be there for me We'll have a few wonderful times, but not someone that I have to sleep with and argue with all the time. 
I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to convey, but that's what I'm looking for. I don't need a 24-hour man. I just need more of a man that's 18 hours or so. Does that make any sense? Well, to you it does. Um, here's the thing I would say. When you go to look for someone, you might want to look for them under the sense of a casual relationship or an activity partner. Something that's a little bit more flimsy, so in that way they won't get serious on you. Because what you're looking for more so from what you conveyed here is, as you use the word, um, you're looking for somebody out of convenience for you. That's probably what you're looking for, dear. You don't want to have your time encumbered again, your life encumbered by all of these obligations. Now, true enough, you were the mom and you did all of the right things, I'm assuming that you should do by society's requirement. But now you're probably at a point where you're saying, fuck it, I need to live for me. I get it. I totally get it. And one thing that I do admire you for it didn't seem as though you're bitter. It seems like you're just liberated. If you were closer, hmm, who knows what would have jumped off. But I will tell you this. Overall, you're headed in the right direction. Because you don't really want a relationship now. You want a partner, but you don't want to have to undergo the burden of it. And folks, this is common for women who have been divorced, who have been married for a long time, when they're in their 40s and 50s. They get to this point where they're like, okay, I've done all this shit for everybody. I need to do something for myself. And I can't blame you in that. I cannot blame you in that. And one thing that I admire you for, too, I noticed you said your kids were going to college. You don't have any leftovers. Good thing. Ladies, I will tell you this. Other men will not. If you have an adult child at your home, especially if it's a son, sometimes you may wind up not being the first selected woman by a single man for a date. That's just the way it goes. They won't say this to you, but they'll realize, hey, you know what? Yeah, let's keep it casual. Let's keep it as an activity partner. You're talking about, well, you know, maybe we should have a relationship. And then it's like, well, as soon as I get my kid out of the house, we're not waiting for that shit. We're not. As men, we won't tell you this, ladies. Unless you're ill where you need your son around, or your daughter for that matter. We're not gonna be there. Some guys will, but most guys won't. Because the way they look at it, I had to work my ass off, and then for him just to sit up there and do nothing, I can see if it's temporary, not a problem. But long term, 
That's an issue. Now, don't get it twisted. Take, for instance, you were hurt on a job or something like that happened to you. And your son wants to be there with you or your daughter wants to be there with you. Nothing's wrong with that. Because you need some assistance. You can't kind of do everything yourself. I get it. They're there to protect you because you're vulnerable at that point. I'm talking about that woman who's had her kids, who's healthy. That's where problems start to come in. And they start complaining about the kid being there. And I always tell you about the situation on one of the other podcasts that I read about the lady who had, she was in her 60s. Husband and her tried to get their son out of the house for years on his own. Before the husband died, bought him a brand new car, hoping that he was going to get it together and take the job and move on. He didn't. Dad paid that car brand new. He never once put it in a direction of looking for a job. What he did do was mess around and got with a married woman. Brought him into the brought her into the house with him. Everything was going well until she got pregnant. And then there were problems. Mama had to pay bail. Mama already had to pay his child support from another child. She didn't want her baby to suffer. She didn't want her baby. And unfortunately, he took advantage of that. And this man was 38 years old. Folks, at some point you're going to realize that at some point that person's got to stand up on their own two feet. made a podcast about apron strings being cut. A lot of you don't want to do that. And sometimes you have to. No matter how hard it hurts. Because you're doing them a disservice by them staying there. It's not going to do nothing but hurt you in the long run. And him. Most therapists will tell you the best way to get rid of your kids is sell the house. You don't want to hear that shit. Just telling you something, ladies, that men will never say to you because it's too close. Now, again, a lifestyle would be associated with that. And again, you have to choose what kind of lifestyle you want to have. More in a moment with the conclusion. I would like to personally thank you for listening to Romantic Truth. You may follow us on Facebook.com backslash Romantic Truth. 
You may ask your friends to subscribe to anchor.fm backslash romantic truth, or you can leave us a message at anchor.fm backslash romantic truth backslash message. You may contact us through email at romantictruthpodcast at gmail.com. Take care. Romantic Truth would like to take this opportunity and applaud our listeners and over 40 countries for their support. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. The views and opinions of this podcast does not reflect those of Romantic Truth, Anchor, Spotify, or any of its affiliates. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests, and should not be deemed as professional guidance, advice, or a professional practice. In the event you may need professional assistance, contact your local federal, state, or county agencies for specific assistance in social services, family counseling, or mental health services. For all medical, legal, and financial services please contact the appropriate licensed and certified professionals within your region. The music that is provided on this podcast that is not provided by Anchor is used under waiver by Jaws and One Music for fair use. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.